Hello, everyone. Welcome to podcast number four of Nothing But The Tea with your hosts, Kim. And Emily. We're so excited to be back with you again, diving into another great conversation. Last week, Emily kindly let you all know that this week we'll be discussing how to design environments to be the third teacher. And I know you all can't wait to dig dig deeper into this topic with us. I just know everyone must be on the edge of their seats right now, so I won't take too much time with introductions. The first thing I think of when I hear environments as the third teacher are these really cool, fun spaces in classrooms tailored to the child's interests and specific needs. This is the space they come every day to learn. Let's not make them boring and plain. Let's design them to be exciting, fun, cozy, safe places where children can explore, wonder, and ask questions. It's also our job as educators to follow the outline policies and current legislation requirements relating to our childcare environment spaces. Did you look at the 3D virtual tour of the Boulder Journey School by chance, Emily? I thought the spaces were all so unique and well thought out. Yes, I did. I thought those spaces were amazing. They offered the children adequate space to discover and explore. And I also noticed that the spaces had lots of learning stories and documentation to show how the children were interacting within these spaces and their environment. Okay, okay. Before we jump deeper into this topic, let's take a second and rewind. For those listening who aren't aware of what we're talking about when we use the term, the environment as the third teacher, what are we talking about, Emily? Or what does that make you think of when I use that term? We were getting ahead of ourselves this week a little bit. When I hear the term environment as the third teacher, my mind immediately goes to creating a space that children are interested in that provokes and enhances new learning ideas and safe space that leads them to wonder and ask questions. So essentially, the environment is acting as a teacher. It sets, it is set up and designed to enhance communication and collaboration. These are the spaces children spend a good amount of their time in. We need to create environments they're excited to come and learn in. Environments that offer opportunity for risk-taking, making inquiries, and spaces for them to explore and wonder in. The environments we create need to offer meaningful interactions and play-based learning opportunities for the children each day. The parents and educators and children are the first and second teachers of these environments and environments are seen as the third teachers. It's important that children feel that they are able to express themselves freely within their environments, which ties back into last week's topic as well on creating responsive relationships within the learning environment. The environment as a third teacher is something we also learned about in other courses as well. It's a Reggio Emilia philosophy that creates spaces and environments that offer children endless opportunities to explore, experiment, develop ideas, and test their theories. This makes me think back to our module on documentation as well, because we create these learning stories and take photos and include them within our learning environment to look back on and we were able to alter our environments to suit the needs and interests of each child. 
We are able to switch up our spaces regularly and incorporate or remove anything that isn't sparking an interest in our group of children or include concepts, materials, or ideas into the environments that the children are interested in. The environment enhances the children's learning and when it is designed in a way that sparks interest in the children, they are able to make more meaningful interactions, experiences, and allows the educators to take that step back and allow the children to take control of their learning and the experiences they want to create. Well said, Emily. We are capable of altering these environments, which I feel is very important when thinking about designing environments as the third teacher. It would get very boring if every day it was the same. There was nothing new, nothing to look forward to, the same toys, the same materials. By switching up the room, moving furniture, changing locations of toys, maybe putting some blocks over in the kitchen area, or adding some of the dramatic play costumes into the kitchen area will spark a new idea in a child's mind. It will excite them and allow their mind to wander into endless possibilities. Making sure that there are also spaces where children are able to take some alone time or quiet time if they wish, making sure the room is comfortable, not too warm or too cold, using soft lighting, little changes can make a huge difference and can enhance the environment, which will support the children's learning. I know I don't feel comfortable or want to be in a room that is too hot, too cold, too dark, too bright, or too loud either, that's for sure. So the same goes for children and their environments. Did you get a chance to watch the virtual tour videos on the four child care centers? What did you think of the environments at these locations? I really enjoyed watching these virtual tours. I liked how the classrooms offered colorful components and were filled with the children's work. It really made the spaces feel warm and welcoming and offered a strong sense of belonging. They were open and offered lots of free space for children to move freely and play. I also enjoyed how they incorporated loose parts and materials from the outdoor environments indoors that fosters children's mental health and well-being while allowing children to make real-world connections. I really enjoyed the fact that the Discovery School of Jacksonville incorporated furniture that was child-sized which allows them to access materials independently and make the most of their time. There's always room for change and improvement within our learning environments. The environment has the power to form and shape the type of learning that happens in the classroom. The environment should really reflect our image that we uphold of the child, shouldn't it? We have the ability to include materials into our environments that foster the children's learning and show them that we see them as knowledgeable and experienced. By providing materials such as glass cups to hold paintbrushes or markers or mirrors shows that we view the child as capable and lets the children know that we see them as capable and competent individuals. That's just a small way in which we're able to change and adapt our environments to fit the needs of the child and allow them to test their theories and explore deeper, whether that means breaking a few glasses a day or not. Just as important as all of these ideas are when it comes to the environment as a third teacher and how we can design it. 
I feel just as important, if not more important, we create environments where children feel supported, safe, heard, and like they belong. Another way we can use the environment as a third teacher is by keeping consistent schedules, routines, and transitions. This module provided some great resources on creating schedules in the early years, like the blog on how to create the perfect daycare schedule, or the article on creating routines for love and learning. Routines are so important in the early years, and incorporating these into our environment can help guide positive behavior and safety, and help children learn self-control as well. This module gave some great resources about using transition songs in the learning environment to support children with transitions to make them fun and easier to deal with. Yes, I enjoyed reading the article on ways to reduce challenging behaviors during transitions. A tip that stood out to me was transition songs. I remember as a kid, my teachers would always use these types of songs to prepare us for an upcoming transition, and I find myself using them with my daughter at home as well. My favorites are the hand-washing song or the tidy-up song. I notice that I use them often at home, and they seem to help my daughter quite a bit, and I find that any challenging behavior is lessened with these fun songs when I don't, and when I don't, and simply ask her to help me clean up toys or ask her to go wash her hands. Taking this discussion back to designing environments to be children's third teachers, I have a question for you, Kim. What's that, Emily? Since I know you have a young child at home, in today's world, given our current circumstances with COVID-19 limitations, how are you and your daughter taking advantage of this time in your outdoor environment? How are you keeping your daughter's mental health and well-being in check? That's a great question, Emily. I could take that into a lot of directions, but to stick with this week's module theme on environments as a third teacher, my daughter and I have been spending a great deal of our time outside as much as possible. My daughter loves being outside on warm sunny days and even more so on cold rainy days when there's lots of mud and big puddles she can jump in. By taking her outside and allowing her freedom to roam and explore in her natural environment, take risks by jumping in those sticky mud-filled puddles, she's able to take advantage of, create, and include natural elements that enhance her learning and developmental experience while supporting her mental health and well-being. And we are also able to thoughtfully add materials and sometimes alter the layout of our outdoor environments as well to promote creativity problem-solving, experimentation, and open-ended play. Outdoor play connects children with their natural environment and encourages lifelong involvement. I enjoyed watching the video by Karen Callahan on how environments can support children's curiosity and ongoing investigation embedded in this module. I watched this video prior to seeing it in this module, and she has so many great ideas, some of which we've touched on already during this discussion today. I also enjoyed her thoughts on incorporating real tools into the environment. We spoke on this earlier, but I think that it is so important to include materials that support ongoing investigation and allow children to use their environment and take control of their learning. Now, we're going to leave this discussion with a question for the listeners. What do you want your environment to say to children? Well, Emily, we should leave our listeners with that to think about. I think that's a great idea, Kim. 
Thanks, everyone, for coming and listening to another episode of Nothing But The Tea. Hope to have you all back and listening next week with us. Have a great afternoon, everyone. Goodbye.